Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the Wednesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, the Tiger Communications app, or if you listen after the fact on the Sports Call podcast. My name is Ryan Lavoy, filling in for JJ Jackson today. I've got Tom Peavy and Cam Berry with me here this afternoon as we continue to work our way through Auburn's bye week, as not much, not as much, I should say, happening for the Tigers, at least with uh, the football field as a concern but uh, we also have other Auburn news when it comes to SEC men's basketball media days were today Uh, so we'll have some comments on that as we start to look forward to an Auburn basketball season which is now 19 days away from beginning we'll also continue to talk about Major League Baseball as the NLCS game two will be during our show today while the ALCS will get going in Houston's Minute Maid Park tonight And also, anything and everything in the world of sports will start to turn the page and look ahead towards the college basketball, or excuse me, college football and pro football weekends, and uh, just anything and everything in the world of sports today. And in the 5 o'clock hour, after we do birthdays and sports here early in the show, in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll have a Camel Camels Hump Day update. The Camels have been doing work on the gridiron. We'll update everyone about that in the 5 o'clock hour. But again, Ryan, Tom, and Cam with you here on this Wednesday show. Tom, start with you. I did not know you were growing the facial hair, sir. I hope yeah. you're doing well, though. <laughs> I got well, I got the facial hair, but I also have the... I didn't know Whoa! you were growing the... I didn't know the hair was growing... Well, okay. Let's go. So, well, it, it'll be gone after uh, Halloween. Okay. <laughs> oh, Does I'm it involve a Halloween costume or something? I'm or? So okay. curious okay. to see yeah. what the costume so, uh, is. See, I didn't see you on Monday, and right. then you were not on the show last Wednesday, so I haven't seen you in a while. So yeah. I did not know this was going on. Yeah, so I'm I'm one of those, uh, you know, we always have a big Halloween uh, party over at Fat Daddy's with live music and costume contests and all that. I'm always the MC of it and run the costume contest. But uh, over the past several years, I, I always – do a costume and it has kind of become a, a big deal people wanting to know you know how am i going to up the standards from what i did the previous year so it's kind of just been this thing and i'm one of those guys with costumes i if i can if i can get away with it i don't ever do a wig and i don't ever put fake facial hair on i'll just grow a beard out and i'll grow my hair out dude awesome. okay and i love it me- that's called method acting right there sure true method <laughs> acting <laughs> So yeah, I, I've been having to wear ball caps around to cover up the uh, uh-huh. the overwhelming baldness of uh, huh. the top in front of my head, Dude. which is the reason I shaved my head to begin with, is because I'm right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I don't want to walk around with the ring around my head. Sure, <laughs> but yeah, I did growing, not know that. Maybe growing, you've already talked about this. I don't no, know, but growing, growing out a little bit of a beard, growing out some hair for the costume. But yeah, Heck once yeah. once Halloween's done, it's 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 back to back to bald headed and goateed. 
All right. Well, we'll we'll enjoy these two maybe, weeks. Maybe then. a beard yeah. for a little bit, but these, these next two weeks we'll enjoy them then. There you go. But I hope you're doing well, sir. I I am. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of that relaxing weekend with no uh, He's no doing football. Great. He doesn't have to watch Auburn for a week. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, it will be a busy weekend though, uh, and and this is kind of a uh, you know public service announcement for anybody out there over the weekend on Saturday. If you don't have anything to do, come out to Lochapoca. Yet the uh, the annual SERP SOP going on out in Lochapoca with uh, all sorts of crafts and live music. And uh, the Southwest Fire Department will be out there selling SERP. So, uh, yeah, we're going to, we got a full day of it Saturday. There may be no football, but we got SERP SOP. So, and that was planned. Weekend. That was planned well to do it on a non football. They, they always plan it on a weekend that Auburn is either out of town or a bye week. Smart. The nice. bye week worked out really well for them. Smart. Sounds that so, way. Yeah, SERP SOP. Saturday, all day, out in downtown Lochapoca. <laughs> Cam, very also on the show today. Cam, how are you doing? I'm doing great, doing great. Enjoying this uh, Hawks opening day Wednesday, um, facing Auburn's very own Jabari Smith and the Houston Rockets tonight. So they're they're headed to – they should already be in Atlanta, and uh, Jabari gets to play his first NBA game at home, which is really awesome. Uh, so I'm sure he'll have a bunch of – uh, family, you know, around and, and watching the game. And I, I saw somewhere that the Auburn student section bought um, some tickets, and I think they're going up to the game tonight to watch and cheer for Jabari um, and, and the Rockets. So that'll be pretty cool. And uh, hopefully Trey has a great night and get to kind of see how, how the, the process with Jonte Murray is going to go and – uh, watches these guys grow together and kind of build the future of what the Hawks is going to be. So I'm super excited. Yeah, uh, the NBA season starting huh, up. I love it. We talked a little bit about those Auburn guys yesterday on the show, as there are six, unless Sharif Cooper got kicked off the Cavs, but mm-hmm. I think he made the roster. So Good. six Auburn guys in five different teams, and uh, we might bring that back up again. Uh, we can talk about it just for a moment right now, actually. You know, you got Jabari going to – uh, the Rockets at number three, obviously disappointing. He did not end up number one. Uh, but so getting the play, as you said, in Atlanta tonight, we talked about Okoro and that he's in probably the most important right now situation where oh, yeah. there's other guys that are going to get playing time because their teams are bad, like right. Walker Kessler. But no. Okoro's yeah. on a team that ne- should be a playoff team this year, and getting, it's got a very interesting team. Yeah, Okoro getting meaningful minutes on a, on a meaningful team. He's their best perimeter defender. Um, I mean, a team, honestly, built on defense, um, out, I guess you could say outside of Donovan Mitchell. But still a very – very solid team, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Darius Garland, all good defenders, including Okoro. Um, so yeah, that team should definitely be a playoff team. So we're gonna see, um, we're gonna see Okoro in a lot of uh, primetime games. He's gonna get a lot of a lot more exposure this year than in years in his in his seasons past. So we're gonna see his face a lot, um, and I'm excited to see how he grows as a player and and how he fits that role because he's – I mean, I would say, I don't know if you agree, he's that he's their 3 and D guy. Yeah. Um, and, and so he's going to he's gonna have to, you know, lock into that role, and it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, Coro, for those that didn't know or didn't hear the show yesterday, Isaac Coro got the most uncontested wide-open three-point shot attempts in the NBA last I year. I didn't think he could uh, shoot. And 
of course, you know, Coro ends up shooting around 35, 36% from three, which is okay. Yeah. It's, it's league average, essentially, or slightly above. But considering that he got the most wide-open threes of anyone in the league, it's still a little underwhelming overall. So they've redone his shot in the offseason. He shot it well in the preseason. So they're hoping to get another couple percentage points bump if he does have that many open looks again. Um, and, but obviously he is going to be – uh, a, a pretty major part of a, a good Cavs team. But, again, to remind everyone, JT Thor is a Charlotte Hornet, and, of course, the Hornets have had a lot of legal problems this offseason. And then another one today, James oh, then, Booknight. Oh, that was yeah, I, or yesterday. That's right, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're finding out more about it today, but he was booked yesterday. Uh, you've got, of course, Okoro in Cleveland, as we mentioned, Jabari Smith in Houston, as we mentioned, Walker Kessler in Utah. You also got Sharif Cooper who was in Atlanta. He's now with his buddy Isaac Goro in Cleveland on the opening day roster. And then you've also got uh, Chumo Kiki still in Orlando. So Tom, what are you looking out for those Auburn guys in the NBA? Uh, Mainly just watching them succeed. And and, I mean, that seems like such a basic answer, but that's just what I want to see. I want to see them succeed because uh, it helps the Auburn brand. And the one thing that I was thinking about and it's a problem that you have right now when you start looking at Auburn football. Bruce Pearl has developed this program into something that you're putting guys in the, the NBA. Pros. And yeah. so trying to recruit guys in, now you're able to sit there and look at all these guys that are in the NBA and and hopefully very successful guys in the NBA that are actually doing some work. That's, that's vital for the recruits to see is like, oh, yeah. hey, look – you got Okora, you got Sharif, you got Jabari, you got Walker, you got Isaac. I mean, you got like all these guys. You can go and be that. Right. That's why I want to see all of them be successful because I that helps the Auburn brand. And, and again, when you flip that back to what's happening right now with Auburn and the recruiting stuff on the football side, it's not happening because you can't really point to a lot of guys in the league, in the NFL, and go – all of these guys are Auburn guys, and you right. can be that, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you've got you've got Slayton, and I think that's it on the offensive side of the ball in the NFL. Darius Slayton, uh, you've got your linemen, so yeah. you've got oh, Braden you got Smith. Braden. And, okay, Braden Smith's uh, still there. Driscoll is now about to start at right tackle for the Eagles because their right tackle got hurt. Right. Um, otherwise, you're. I mean, you've you got, got a lot Stidham's of a backup guys. quarterback. Yeah. You've got. Um, yeah, carry on's out of the league now. Peyton Barber's Barber's now out of the league. Yeah, he's out of there. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you, you, you know, Anthony got, Schwartz plays for the Schwartz, Browns sparingly. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, he, but again, sparingly, he's not as a and, third round pick. He probably should be used more yeah. than he is, but he's, but, not. but again, but as a whole, you don't have a lot of guys on the offensive side in the NFL. In the NFL and so it's, you know, you don't really have that to fall back on with recruits where you can go, hey, we put guys in the NFL. We put guys in the NFL, whereas yeah. at Alabama and Georgia and other schools, they walk in and they see a wall full of current NFL players up there that are star NFL players. Right. So, uh, you know, I went off completely off track with that, but that's why I say I want the Auburn basketball players to be successful because it helps the brand. It helps build the Auburn brand. It helps Bruce Pearl be able to recruit even bigger and better players because look at what these guys are doing, and you can do that. So, yeah. I want all of them to be successful. I'm not – I don't have an NBA team that I follow, and so uh, – Then be a Hawks fan. 
you know, I'm, I, whenever the Hawks are successful. Ah, like, that's not what I want to hear. But it's the same way. Through with, thick and thin. But the thing, it, the same, it's the same thing with me with the NFL. It's like I, I want the Falcons to be successful, but I'm, I'm not live and die by the Falcons. <sighs> now, the Braves, I am a Braves fan. I, I, am, I am truly, to the heart, a Braves fan. The Falcons and the Hawks, it's, meh, it's like, yeah, okay, they're there. Uh, <laughs> one out of three. For, one for out of three. Yeah. Um, Pain. <laughs> but, of course, Cam, well, you're, you're from Georgia too, Tom. But, you know, again, you some people, because Cam is from Atlanta, so right. that obviously plays into it a lot. But, again, a lot of people born in Alabama and born, you know, just around this area are going to just be so college oriented and then if there is pro team yeah it is the Braves because they're the most national of those kind of local brands even teams even even if you want to go outside and land and talk about like the Titans or the Memphis Grizzlies just other sports leagues teams in the southeast even they're not the big brands that the Braves would be in major league baseball see I I grew up in a a college family because that I started going to Georgia football games when I was six years old I, I have I have been to more college football. I've been to more Georgia football games than I can even count. And right. then and then you get into the Auburn days, and that's now even more than I can count. I've never been to an NFL game. Oh, in my life, I have never been oh, to an Ryan, NFL tell game. Tell him he's missing out. They're fun. I, I mean, they're I've still been, fun too. They're a different kind of fun. I, I've definitely been, a different kind of. I've fun. been to college games that involve somebody other than Georgia and Auburn more than I have been. To an NFL game, so and I, I've been and I've literally been to one NBA game and I darn near fell asleep during it. I was, huh. of course, we were also like in. I almost had my back. We were like in the uh-huh. upper deck, but when I'm talking upper deck, they're in Phillips Arena. Like my back was literally to the wall. That's how. Like there, there was no way to get any Dang. higher up than that. And they were also playing uh, uh, the the Magic, and this was like a few back several years ago. Yeah, pre Chuma. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pre-tuma? It, that it was just, it was just so boring. Oh. <laughs> it was so boring. <laughs> it was so boring, and I found myself nodding off. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I'm sitting here at, a, at an athletic event, and I'm literally nodding off to sleep. Wow, can't relate. Cannot I, uh, relate. I I have been almost at the very top of the arena with uh, with JJ. He could attest to this. Been in Spectrum Center in Charlotte to watch the Hornets and the Lakers, and that was. About 2018, that was like Lonzo, oh, Brandon Ingram, yeah. Lakers yeah. that were starting to get a little feisty, but but not good overall. And we sat like, meh, I don't know, f- four rows from the back, three rows from right. the back, so still definition nosebleeds. But I, I, I enjoyed it, though. I still enjoyed well, it. See, and I, but, I mean, the thing is, when you're sitting that high up, so, so again, I, I'm not very interested in NBA, NBA just uh-huh. NBA basketball. Just never been a fan of it. Just doesn't do anything for me. Again, I love college basketball. I, I I will watch college basketball. Love it. NBA just don't care for it. So not only that, but you're way up at the top. So you're not down there, and you're not right in the environment. You're not I mean, feeding off yeah, the energy. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, not feeding off sure. the energy. But the other thing is that Phillips Arena, when you're that high up, it's really dark up there, and so. You kind of get cozy in your chair. <laughs> There's no lighting. It's it's like I mean you're you're in the dark Dave, up there. Uh, it, it's Dave. it was nice and yeah. nice and dark up there. Nice comfy chair, and you went mu- night night. Yeah, yeah the, you know the DJ the DJ's playing his little music while the game's going on. I was like, gosh, this is nice and comfortable, and you know pulled down the dim shades and oh, gosh. I sat there and 
They've uh, dozed they've, off. They've redone State Farm Arena, and it's it's a little it's it's better in my opinion. I like it a lot. It's it's a great venue, great great place to enjoy and watch the Hawks game. Uh, I think I went to my girlfriend and I went to the. I think we went to Game Four of the of the Heat and Heat and Hawks series, which we ended up losing, but um, still great energy. And I was in. I think I was in the second deck. Still such a great time, but. <sighs> I can't believe that, Tom. You just kill me, man. <laughs> but it, but Tom's not alone. That's what I was saying. Though. Like yeah, the, a lot not, of the people that love college, yeah. Yeah. you know, it well, is. And that, that's just it because I'm, and that's where me and, uh, and you know our our old friend Bill Bailey, and that's where me and Bill Bailey used to butt heads because I, you know, I am adamant, absolutely adamant that college football is better than the NFL as far as the atmosphere goes. Now, obviously, the game itself is going to be better because it's the best players in the world playing. So sure. That's going to be better for that. But as far as just like the pure excitement, the atmosphere, just everything that goes into it, it's college. You got the band, you got the cheerleaders, you got the mascots, you got the the just the crazy entrances and the flyovers and the the LED light shows and just all this. You you get just a tiny little bit of that in the NFL. To me, it's the same thing in college with college basketball. You you have the smaller arenas. For the most part, the fans are right on top of them. It, it's loud. It's obnoxious. People are dressed up in all their body paint. And they're jumping up and down, and the pet bands going. And the, I mean, it, it's just so much stuff. In the NBA, it's like they're playing a game, and it's the best players in the world. But they're it's just, just more relaxed. Yeah, they're just. They're, it's more relaxed. The fans are not up on their feet, hooting and hollering and screaming. They'll they'll cheer when it's time to cheer. But other than that, you're just sitting there watching the basketball game. While some DJs got some music going, okay, cool. Yeah, there's just I, nothing exciting about that to me. I think you get you have to wait for the playoff atmospheres because I, well, sure. I, I've been, I agree with you. The college atmosphere is better. Uh, having gone to a lot of pro games now, ex- except when you get to the postseason, that's when it starts to get more comparable. Like, oh, yeah. uh, like I know that uh, from the two I went to last year. Um, you know, even the the first game where Tampa kind of blew out Philly was not um, that I would not compare that to a college environment at all. Uh, however, the Rams game where the Bucks were trying to make that frantic comeback that that got crazy. And cr- to be fair, that was one of the crazier NFL games right. uh, of the year. But um, that that thing by the end of that finally felt like a, a college environment because everyone everyone's standing yelling right. and and that's what you miss in the regular season of some of these sports because there are more of them and they're maybe a little less valuable in each in each sense because right. they just mean individually a little less than the college stuff but also the college stuff gets so loud because of the the students being involved and sure. I think you know that the obviously when you talk about college basketball fan bases and you talk about college football fan bases the first thing you kind of point out about an environment is how the student section acts right. and and if they're if they're always engaged and if they're on top of the arena and, and just that sort of thing and so i think that's why the diff, the difference in atmosphere more than anything but you're right obviously there's pageantry to it as well with the bands and that sort of thing obviously avi making a fool on the <laughs> sidelines is always a good one um, so I get, I'm, I agree there. Did Bill like the atmospheres of NFL or just, of, of professional stuff? I, just, I know he likes pro stuff better, but 
his whole thing was he's he was just more about the game. He didn't he, he, sure. Uh, okay. The atmosphere was there. He probably wasn't even paying attention. His whole thing was like, no, the game. It's, the it's all about the game. Yeah. It's the product that's on the field. I don't care about. Right. I don't care about a marching band. I don't care about a mascot. I don't yeah, care about the cheerleaders. Like I don't care about any of that stuff. Yeah. It's the product that's on the field. And in the NFL, it's better. Yeah. Like, that, that well, of course like it is. It's about it's, Aaron yeah. Rodgers. I mean, that's uh, what it's uh, about. It's yeah, he's a go, and he's know. a Packers fan uh, too. Uh, so I that's that's a whole different type of. And and that's the thing is, I I get it. Yes, the product on the field is going to be better because yeah, it's the best players in the world right it's the best of the best from college but you've still got when you're watching the college game you still have some great great players out there and then you add the atmosphere on top of it man you for instance what happened in knoxville this past weekend you're not gonna get that in 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 an nfl game i don't care whether it's a playoff game or not you're not gonna get an environment like that you're not going to have a last-second field goal to where the fans just spontaneously rush all out on the field and rip the goalposts down, <laughs> carry them out of the stadium, and throw them in the river. You're not going to get that in the <laughs> NFL. You're just yeah. not. No, you're not. No, I'm with you. I I, I, I agree. I understand the sentiment. See, Cam, Cam prefers professional. I can pick up on it. Do you yeah. prefer the professional yes, environment? 100%. Make yeah. your argument. I, before I, we go to break, make your argument. I that. mean, it's just I – don't. I, I can't make – I just – I just love it more. In do you my like? Heart. Do like, you? Do you just like it being a little less chaotic? Yes, and, like a little more business like. I yes, guess. Yes, yes, and personally, just from me alone, I just love. Like, if I had to choose between my pro team and my college team, I'm choosing my pro team every single day. It's just, it's just how I feel. I just something about the falcons i just love them so much i can't help it it's just i just i can't help it um i just love i would my... pay money for trevon reed to be in the studio right oh now when you said that gosh. sentence yeah right <laughs> well i had a, I had a buddy you know, of mine that was a uh, he was like you are just, i'm just that, so he was, die hard about it well he was that way with the miami dolphins and and i'll tell you this i became at least for the, those couple of years that uh, he was living next door to me i was a dolphins fan because man you want to talk about a, an excitement level? He didn't. He he was an, he was going to school at Auburn. He was an Auburn fan, right? But he really didn't care one way or the other what Auburn did. But by gosh, on Sundays when the Dolphins were on TV, fins up, I'm locked watch in. Watch out! Yeah, I'm lo- I'm locked in on Sundays. Like he had he had the jersey. He I'm, had the chair. There was like um, um, superstitious things that you me. could and could not do around the. You know, if you were in there, and and I mean, we would have seven or eight of us sitting in his apartment and all of us were Dolphins fans because you didn't want to say anything different against Andy. So but funny. it was, that was fun. Cause it's so accurate. Like I'm there because uh, you're talking about the superstitions. Falcons are six weeks into the season. We're three and three. I've worn the same shirt for the three wins that we've had yeah. and the three losses that we had. I was, I was not wearing that shirt. So guess what shirt I will be wearing every single week now for until that, until that's broken. I will be wearing that shirt. I just, I'm sorry. It just is what it is. But I will say what you were talking about, you you grew up as a college fan. You know, you've been, you said you were going to UGA games since you were six. I've been going to Falcons games since I was 11. Right. So I, and so I think I, I didn't go to college game. My, my parents were, are from Auburn. We've always been an Auburn family, but you know, being two hours away, my grandmother is a big, big Auburn fan. She had season tickets for a long time, but I never really went to, I went to my first Auburn game when I went to college. Wow. So I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I I didn't grow up with it. I didn't, I, I watched it. I've always enjoyed college football. I've always liked college football. Um, you know, I, I, 
but I've always been going to pro games. My sure. dad, we've always, my dad and I would always go to Falcons games. We had season tickets, and that's what we would do on Sundays on home games. We would go to Falcons games. So just like the Georgia Dome, like all all that that environment, I live for it. I love it. I I am. That's how I feel about it. It's just I just love it so much. And see, that's fair. And I I did grow up. Um, I went to college games when I was young, but I don't think they were the ones that everyone would qualify as being, oh, that's a real environment because I went to, went to UAB <laughs> football and basketball games for a long time growing up. I did not go to my first Auburn game until I was a freshman at Auburn, and I did not go to my first professional sporting event until I was in college at Auburn. So I kind of grew up without the best of both, um, obviously appreciating all of it. That's kind of why I think I'm so evenly – I'm yeah, so even sure. with I I love NFL, I love college football, I love college basketball, I love the NBA, I love Major League Baseball. Uh just all of there all of it there. So anyway, that ended up being a fun conversation. That's <laughs> not what it, we planned on for the start of the show. But nevertheless, good stuff. Hey, it's a bye week. Let's go. This is bye week. We're, we're bye week material. Yeah, man. Uh we're gonna go ahead and take our first break of the show today on the other side, birthdays and sports, and we will go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call here in Tiger 95.9. Ryan, Cam, and Tom with you here. A disappointed Tom. A disappointed Tom. Y'all don't like Whataburger. Dude, it's okay. It's fine. Man, we were having a food discussion off there. Well, it it started about Wisconsin and things like that and cheese curds and Culver's and if I'm gonna get a burger, I'm gonna go to Five Guys. If I'm gonna get a I, good burger, I'll admit I, I do like me a Five Guys oh, burger. I especially like their fries, but it's also well. I'm glad you like your like those fries because they sacrifice a whole field of potatoes yeah, right. to give you those. True, it's like the most fries. Do you want do you want a bur- do you want a side of burger with those fries? True. Does Brian Harson go to Five Guys with a sack of potatoes over his shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> No comment uh, no. at this time. <laughs> All right, let's move on with the program. Uh, more food discussions potentially later. But uh, we want to get to something we do each and every day. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Today's birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Of course, the proud presenting sponsor here. 
of birthdays and sports with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn and the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. Let Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. Birthdays and sports day on October the 19th. Lionel Hollins turned 69, current assistant coach for the Houston Rockets, former NBA point guard who was selected six overall in the 1975 NBA draft by the Portland Trailblazers out of Arizona State. Also played for the Philadelphia 76ers, San Diego Clippers, Detroit Pistons, Houston Rockets, was a two-time NBA champion, one as a coach with the Lakers, one as a player. He was an NBA All-Star, one-time NBA All-Defensive First Team, and an All-Second Teamer. 1976 NBA All-Rookie First Team. His jersey, number 14, retired by the Trailblazers. And while at Arizona State, Hollins was a 1975 third-team All-American, two-time first-team All-WAC. As his jersey, number 33, retired by the Sun Devils, Lionel Hollins turns 69 today. Brad Doherty turns 57 Former center for the Cleveland Cavaliers, selected first overall in the 1986 NBA draft by the Cavs out of the University of North Carolina. Five-time NBA All-Star, 1992 All-NBA third-teamer, 87 All-NBA rookie first-teamer, has his jersey number 43, retired by the Cavs at North Carolina. Doherty was 1986 consensus second-team All-American, two-time first-team All-ACC, has his jersey number 42, honored by the Tar Heels. Also, I will add, he is the owner of a NASCAR Cup Series team, JTG Doherty Racing. Fields the number 47 car there. A little side nugget there. Just Bra- a little tidbit. Brad Doherty turns 57 today. Michael Young turns 46, former MLB infielder, played for the Texas Rangers, Philadelphia Phillies, and Los Angeles Dodgers. Seven-time All-Star, one-time Gold Glover, 2005 AL batting champion, has his jersey, number 10, retired by the Texas Rangers and is a member of their Hall of Fame. Michael Young turns 46 today. Jose Bautista, hey, Joey Bats, former MLB <laughs> right fielder and third baseman, six-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger, two-time Hank Aaron Award winner, two-time MLB home runs leader, played for the Baltimore Orioles, Tampa Bay Devil Rays, Kansas City Royals, Pittsburgh Pirates, Toronto Blue Jays, Atlanta Braves, New York Mets, and Philadelphia Phillies course most known for his time in toronto jose bautista turns 42 today evander holyfield turns 60 former american professional boxer he reigned as the undisputed champ of cruiserweight in the 1980s and heavyweight in the early 1990s and remains the only boxer in history to win the undisputed championship on two weight classes in the three belt era has an overall record of 44 and 10 with 29 knockouts one of the great fighters of all time, boxers of all time, Evander Holyfield, turns 60. And one last birthday today as well. Louis Oosthuizen turns 40. South African professional golfer won the 2010 Open Championship, has finished runner-up in all four majors, been close a lot of times. His highest placing in the world golf ranking is fourth, which he reached in January of 2013. Louis Oosthuizen turns 40. Great list of birthdays. Lionel Holland, Hollins, Brad Doherty, Michael Young, Jose Bautista, Evander Holyfield, and Louis Ustazen are the birthdays in sports today on October the 19th. Happy birthday. I saw Louis Ustazen double eagle uh, hole number two at Augusta National. Oh, you were there? I was there. I forget you were at a – did you – how I'm, did you – I've been to several Masters on Sunday. 
Do you know somebody? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Do you know friends? <laughs> Who do you know here? Um, I just not, well, no, actually, he does live here, but it's it's a guy that I, it's a guy I grew up with over in Columbus that uh, uh, was part of the. His last name is Rowe, and he's part of the Raymond Rowe Furniture Company. Uh-huh. Uh, oh yeah, in Columbus, and they have Furniture, a whole they okay. have a golf gallery, and they've been. Uh, sponsors of professional golfers uh, over there, and I mean, it's a huge golf family, and uh, yeah, was able to able to tag along with uh, Randall and Randy Rowe and all of those folks to go to a few Masters. I was at the one that uh, I was. I, no, it wasn't the first one. Uh, maybe the second one I went to was the one that uh, uh, Bubba Watson won. Okay. And, Plep had the had the shot on ten where he's in the pine straw mm-hmm. and like looped hooked it, it out, yep. hooked it out. That, I was at that one on Sunday. Dang, that may have been the one that Louis uh, double eagled on hole number two. We were sitting right behind the green, and his uh, second shot on the par five dropped. I don't. I wow. think I, maybe now that I'm thinking about. It, I think I knew that you'd been at a match before. I didn't know it'd been a frequent occurrence. It's pretty cool. I think I've been to three, so I don't know about frequent, but. Compared to most people, yeah, I was gonna say three is more than a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. So, but that uh, that's very cool. So there you go. You have some some ties there to Louis Oostasian. Yep. All right, let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. 334-887-341. Locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Ward Damn Steve. Retired Ward Damn Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing? Hey, good. It's Friday, uh, Wednesday. Feels like Friday almost, so. Uh, so uh, good afternoon, uh, Mr. Cam and Mr. Tom and yeah. Mr. JJ. Okay, yeah. I'm not sorry. I'm in, uh, Mr. Ryan LaVoy. Hey, that's the first time I've been mistaken for JJ. I'll take that, though. All right. Uh, you're, you're welcome. So, uh, you know, I, I'm i just – this is what happens when you get older, guys. So uh, I listen to your comments. Uh, I I respect your your, your perspective, uh, college versus uh, NFL. Uh, I grew up in the Mobile area, obviously, and so uh, I, I, I had a strong dislike for the Falcons. They were the nemesis for my team, which was the Saints. Oh, God. Well, he's in Mobile. That's expensive. Oh, yes. in Mobile, baby. Come on. Oh, They're very hey. close to New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, I know. The whole Mardi And Gras on TV, thing. you only get to watch the Saints when I was growing up, okay? It wasn't the Falcons. But uh, uh, just to put it uh, in perspective, you know, I've, I've said many times, you know, you have to be really tough to be an Auburn fan. Where you, have be, you have to be even tougher when I grew up to be a Saints fan. Because back in those days, they Historically wore bad. Uh, brown bags over their heads. Yeah. They were called yeah. the Apes. And I went to several Saints games. Uh, and one time, I actually went with uh, about six friends of mine piled into our car. And uh, we went to, supposedly, an all-night parking lot that they assured us would be open after the game. Well, they weren't open after the game. Uh, in fact, our car was locked along with other cars uh, in their parking garage. We couldn't get to our car, so we had to spend the night... Uh, unexpectedly in a Holiday Inn. I didn't get any smarter, by the way, either. Uh, so that was a event there. But the, the, the pageantry, guys, for me, and the uh, the just the intense, you know, uh, passion for each person's team is just, to me, not matched uh, when you go to NFL games. Uh, that's been my, my perspective. Uh, I, that's how I, I just enjoyed just the, uh, I guess, just the more intense passion. Now, I did watch NFL games. Uh, a lot more than I do now. Uh, in the past, when I was growing up, now I'm talking about the 60s and 70s, uh, because then there were players that, you know, it didn't matter, you know, what season it was, what year it was. You knew if you said Terry Bradshaw, that's Pittsburgh Steelers. 
You knew if you said, I'm pulling for Tan- Fran Tarkin this year, that was Minnesota Vikings. But that no longer holds true because every season you don't know where Tom Brady's going to be, right? Huh? Or if he's going to be. Or, yeah. Now. So that, you mean, there was actually back then some allegiance by players uh, to their teams, and you knew uh, if you were pulling for a certain quarterback, you knew the teams that they were playing for. Yeah. Well, and, and, it, that, and that was really every pro sport. I mean, because that was one of the big things with baseball back in the day. Is I mean, they, you didn't see those guys leaving the team. That's why the Yankees, uh, those guys were Yankees, and they didn't play anywhere else. So, yeah, you just don't get that a lot in the, in pro sports at all this, these days. Right. And he goes on with baseball. Hank Aaron, the Braves. Right, one organization, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that kind of, those kind of things you know, that, that I grew up, I missed because – uh, that no longer holds true, so I just don't get that passion about NFL football games as much as I do. Uh, even with the portal out, trying to change, you know, well, uh, what season uh, is this in, you know, and who's playing? But uh, let me not digress. Uh, you know, it is coming up Halloween. I make some comments about that. So I know there's a lot of lists out there for best horror. You know, if you want to get really scared in horror movies, well, I say if you really want to get, you know, uh, chills. Uh, Continue watching Auburn football game on Saturday. Huh. Uh, that should make the top list. Um, yeah, it's not <laughs> been fun to watch, yeah. Yeah, it has not been. Uh, it's been rather scary at times. Uh, and then, guys, I want to bring up real quickly the, uh, the comments I read today from uh, some nuggets from Phillip's, uh, uh, Philip Marshall's uh, nuggets on here about the state of Auburn football. And something, uh, one of the nuggets I shared with you, Ryan, I'll go ahead and share uh, over the radio, uh, had me really uh, scratching my head here. Uh, maybe you guys are not surprised by it. Because uh, Ozenbacher said that they've known this for quite a while. It's been known. I, I didn't know it was widely known. But he says this, I am more convinced than ever that Harson wants to be out of Auburn as much as Auburn fans want him gone. Keep an eye on Colorado. Guys, uh, your thoughts on that comment? Uh, uh, is this something that I guess I've been naive about? Uh, I mean, I, it's not surprising. And, uh, you know, there there may be some wheeling and dealing. So, first of all, it doesn't look like that Auburn's going to fire him in the bye week. I think it would have already been done. Unless something happens, I don't think that's going to happen. So, Harson's going to be here till the end of the year. So, I think that's already going to happen. There may already be something – where they have talked and he may be looking at a job like Colorado and they have the mutual parting of ways and then you don't have to worry about the buyout and things like that. I don't know that that is what has happened, but there could be an agreement where like, Hey, yeah, we'll keep you here for the rest of the year. And then you can take the Colorado job and you know, the buyout lack of whatever. So it's not surprising okay. at all. Well, what surprised me is that some bloggers, of course, you know, I can't, I don't know how credible they are on two four seven sports. We're saying that they have some friends uh, whose child goes to Auburn High School along with Coach Harvin's son, and that their son, uh, Coach Harvin's son, had said really early on when they moved down here that uh, the family was unhappy about being in Auburn. Guys, uh, any credibility of that? Uh, were you is that widely known or, or what? I, it's not widely known. Yeah, it's um, not widely known, but I mean, it it takes when you come from a place like Boise, Idaho, and you come to Auburn, Alabama. I mean, there, I mean, if you come from the north to the south, if you come from the west to it's the like east, nine day. Yeah, there's there's gonna be some adjustment period there, and and yeah, I mean, for some people they they don't like it. Now, for a lot of people, they love it. You see a lot of coaches that still have houses here, guys that have not 
been coaching at Auburn for many years, still have houses here and still live here because they just love this area. But there's there are some coaches that they just don't adjust to it and don't like it. To each his own. Uh, yeah. Well, and then we go to the complete opposite of the extreme of another coach with us who, going on nine years now, when he arrived as Auburn's basketball coach, uh, you know, the little, uh, I guess, stunts he pulled to get fans to, 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 to endear them uh, to him. You remember when he had a certain player come into a student's classroom and he ran back out and then Coach Pearl comes out and says, I've been looking for so-and-so. Do you all know where I can find him? Um, well, I don't know if I remember that. No? Yeah, well, uh, Phil Marshall talks about it. Uh, and that was when he first came here. And I thought, well, you know, that's somebody that apparently uh, wanted to do what he thought needed to be done to endear fans to uh, a basketball program that was pretty much in, a, in I guess, in a black hole. And he's brought him out of it. Now, speaking about that, guys, I want to get your thoughts real quickly on the uh, SEC uh, pickers for the uh, SEC media days. Uh, and they picked Auburn number four. You know that, right? Yes. Yep. To finish. And one, two, and three were one. Kentucky, no surprise there. Uh, and then they picked Arkansas and Tennessee. Yeah. Any surprise there, guys? No, no, not surprising. They're, they're, they're all, all of those teams are going to be loaded. Yeah, ten Tennessee's returning some guys. I think everybody except for the guard that got drafted. Yes or no? Kennedy Chandler. Yes, it's Kennedy Chandler. And then they shouldn't have. I don't think they have John Fulkerson anymore. I know they've I got. Think Sant- Fulk- yeah, I think Fulkerson graduated. I, right? I know they've got Santiago Vescovi yeah, that is back. on the first team All SEC and. Um. Yeah. Uh, not. Not and, too surprising. There. Yeah. And and Arkansas has a absolutely loaded freshman class coming in, and they're they're going to be good. Okay. So did you guys see the first and second team picks for players? I know Auburn didn't have any. That's correct. I think Castleton of I Florida. That was amazing. Yeah, Castleton of Florida, Chibway, Severe Wheeler, Vescovy, yeah, Brandon and Miller for Alabama made it, and uh, Javon Quinterly on second team. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, uh, no, where no, Auburn, no, Auburn's, no. Auburn's main success this year in basketball are, are going to come from newcomers. That's going to be uh, Treyor and uh, um, Janai Broom. Those are going to be your main guys. Guys like Wendell and guys uh, like Wendell Green, Wendell Green, and uh, Katie. Uh, Katie could could make a team. He could he, he could, could eventually, sure. I think. But I mean, when you look at the big scheme of things, there's a lot of other players that are just preseason picked to be better than Katie. So Auburn's main threats are going to have to come from newcomers this year. Got about one more minute in the hour, Steve. Wow, I okay. think they're sleep though. Uh, I, I agree with you. No, Steve. I, I think they're sleep on us a little bit, uh, as they as they usually do on Auburn basketball until we get yeah. halfway through the season and all of a sudden everybody's like, "Holy crap, this team is real." That's yeah, I think that's well, what's going to happen again this year. Yeah, they have picked uh, I think fifth last year. So yeah, you know, what do they know? So on a light note, then as I leave you guys, how about you might want to check out this article from Fox Sport News. It's entitled, Michigan High School Apologizes After Video Surfaces of Stripper in Gymnasium. Did not uh, know that. Party it up. Wow. Yeah. Was Hugh Freeze there? Adam, <laughs> Adam <laughs> Sabes is the name. S-A-B-E-S. And it says an ex-NFL player is taking heat after his organization brought a stripper to the event hosted at a high school in the Detroit area. That former player, by the way, 
uh, I didn't recognize his name, Quentin Hines, a former running back for the New York England Patriots. Okay. And CEO of the minor league football organization called Rivals Professional Football League. Apparently, they were hosting a recruiting service at Mount Clemens High School where a woman wearing, I saw the video, little to nothing is putting mildly, was seen dancing with a uh, guy who was uh, just partially dressed. Okay. Well, you may want to read the rest of that and uh, enjoy the video while you're at it. All right, Steve. Well, we appreciate Hi, the guys. phone call. Thank you for the afternoon. Uh, and as always, War Eagle guys, have a safe evening and talk to you tomorrow. War Eagle, Steve. That is retired Ward and Steve. On our Auburn Bank phone line, we are out of time at hour number one. More fun things ahead on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call after this timeout. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call getting underway on this Wednesday afternoon. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Cam Barry with you here today, filling in for J.J. Jackson throughout the week as he will be in Knoxville as his brother's getting married. Best man duties throughout the week. So congratulations to his brother, Eli. Oh, he's Eli. in Knoxville? Yeah. I, I hope it's not burned to the ground. I hope you can have a good time. I made, there should, I made a similar joke. There should joke. be some left. Yeah, yeah. There, there might be some left. Uh, they're... Uh, uh, his brother Eli and his bride to be are getting married about forty minutes outside, forty five minutes outside of Knoxville, so not right there in the city oh, limits. So should be wedding venue should be intact. Should, everything should be intact. Okay, good. Uh, but good. Uh, nevertheless, we're filling in for him throughout this week and uh, having a lot of fun here in the process, talking all things in the sports world. And we do mean everything, and have some sad news to pass along as well from Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State University deeply saddened to learn of the death this morning of freshman student-athlete Samuel Westmoreland, 19 years old, of Tupelo, Mississippi. He was a member of the Mississippi State football team, uh, and he has passed away, sadly, uh, this morning. And um, that's, as always, very tough news to handle. Uh, Of course, we always talk about the playing aspect, the game aspect, but at the end of the day, these are still human beings Um, and should be treated as such and something like that is still always going to be tragic and and uh, be very very painful to hear about so heart goes out to his family and to mississippi state 
and all those involved, all of his teammates and, and all those that known that knew him. Um, as we move along here throughout the day, we have other topics to get to in the sports world. Again, our Campbell Camels update will come in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, we also uh, have to go ahead. I always do this with Tom. Wednesday's the perfect day to start to turn ahead to the next week, and then it also is more perfect because Tom is not on another show the rest of the week, so I always like to get his thoughts going on some of the college football action ahead for the weekend and kind of opens the door to that. Before we do that, though, want to talk a little baseball here. I know the Braves season is over. We kind of wrapped that up in previous days, but the show goes on, and unfortunately for the Braves, they're seeing their division rival pull ahead of the San Diego Padres, uh, that being the Phillies, who won last night 2 to nothing, and then is now up one nothing here in game two in the second inning and threatening to score more yeah. as we speak. Runners on second and third with no outs. And so uh, Philly's starting to be in a good position of two very unlikely NLCS opponents. The top three records in the National League not represented here uh, in this NLCS. Of course, the Mets were the first to go. They lost to the Phillies, uh, or, excuse me, to the Padres in the two out of three um, series. And then you had the Phillies beat the Braves in the NLDS, and then the Padres beat the Dodgers, their division rivals in the NLDS. I'm going to ask you this question. I'm very strongly cited on one, but I do want to hear your thoughts because it has been a talking point throughout the week. Do you have any skepticism or any desire to change the postseason format based off what has happened in this postseason or does everyone just need to accept the results and, and some systems are not perfect and some things, sometimes there's going to be upsets. I, I, so if you change it, then you're having to change it again because that part of the reason they changed it was to stop it from being a one-and-done type game because that's how it In the wild card, yep. And the wild card was a one-and-done. And, and that, so now you have a series. Unfortunately, if you win your division, then you're going to have to sit for five days and wait. And that's where the issue has come up is the long waiting period between games. Well, I would rather that than go back to a system where the wild card is just a one-and-done type game. I, I didn't like that. Uh, the Braves fell victim to that quite a few times and, and sometimes in just heartbreaking fashion. And you hate for your season to just come down to that one game and that's it. You don't have a chance to, to do anything because there's no other series. There's no other series throughout the year that is just one game. It's always a series, so uh, I like it the way it is, and it and it's uh, it, it's wow. What? So uh, I interrupted myself as the uh, Padres just lost a pop fly in the sun. Soto. So no. uh, goodness gracious. Yeah, Padres uh, falling apart. But anyway, fly, yeah, fly ball to right field, sun ball, yeah. do nothing, Phillies. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I it's one of those things that if you win your division, you're just gonna have to deal with it. Um, you would rather win your division than have to go through the wild card because now you got to play more. But it also kind of makes you wonder: if like, are you better playing off? Playing more might be better because exactly. Are you better off going in the wild card where you you're keep hotter, playing? You're and consistent. You, yeah. yeah. I, I I mean, you're seeing it right here, honestly, in 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 these uh, uh, conference series. I mean, the Padres wild card and the Phillies wild card. They they both made it out and and are are playing playing in, in the in the conference series you know so i don't know and uh 
uh, it's just yeah i mean the yankees and the yankees survived against cleveland and and houston so it's not affecting them as much in the in the other side of the bracket but um definitely definitely something to consider i saw something where it could be it could be like a, a reseeding or something after after the wild card and go from there something along i don't know i don't know it, it, yeah but I see. I feel like five days is is a lot. It's a long time. Five days. Um, five it's, days is a lot because you don't. Because even time. the All Star break, you're not. Yeah. That, you're not off that no. long. So it, it does. It it. You just get cold. I feel sure. like and it does yeah. have an effect. But again, like I said, you go back to the way it was, and that wild card is a one game, and that is it. Well, and here's what I here's where brutal. I would come in. I think if you're really concerned about this problem. I think you go back to the way it was was when there's not a wild card game at all right. and you have four teams uh, a league period. Oh, um, wow. Now, the thing about that is, and this is why baseball may have more challenges with their format because there is more rhythm, it feels like, to hitting and to baseball than, than the other sports. There's, that's sure. not to discount no, – other things because every NFL season we always talk about the team on the bye if they're going to be as sharp coming out of that and and that sort of thing. But I mean we, we've we know pretty much and, and baseball is such a random outcome sport as it is. Um, think of how many times throughout the year you have seven, eight, nine game stretches of either pure excellence or or pure horrific play. I mean you you have times where it's just not falling for you, and you have times where everything falls for you. Um, you have 10-game stretches where someone will hit 500 or get a 10-game stretch where you have one hit, two hits. So my point is you've already got a very random outcome sport, and you're now kind of incentivizing the egging on the slump part of it. And I, I think I, – here's the thing. I think you play a 162-game season for a reason. And of all the sports, and I typically want more playoffs for, it's very case-by-case to me at the end of the day. What depends on what sport you're talking about. Right. But in baseball, you play 162. I don't feel like you need as many wild cards as these other sports. Right. Um, I know it is a random outcome sport, and that is why you play a lot of them. You saw just the Mets. Even though they were a 100-win team in the month of September, they had weirdly bad series against weirdly yeah, bad, bad teams, teams. You know, yeah, against like the Cubs right. and Nationals. Because in three Pirates. games, yeah, and Pirates, yeah. in three games, anything can happen. Any team can beat anybody. And that's not necessarily – it's not that it's not true in the other sports, but it's it's – feels like it's just up to a higher degree in baseball in baseball yeah i agree i agree it's just it's it's just one of those weird things i i don't know that's interesting that you bring up the old old format though just four teams because i don't necessarily 100 percent agree with that i don't know how you feel about it tom i don't i don't really think so because you want i mean i think the beauty of a wild card is the wild card sense of it, if that makes sense, because right. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just anybody can do it. I've seen, we've seen NFL teams from the wild card make it all the way to the, to the uh, Super Bowl. So it, it's just, I, I like having a wild card, um, but something definitely 
has to change. I just don't know how you would right. go about changing it. Yeah, it, it seems. We'll, you can't we'll, we'll talk through some more things here, too. Also, we've got a phone call here on our Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-34. Locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up, Michael from Auburn. Michael joins the conversation. Michael, how are you doing? Michael, are you there? Hey. There you go. Michael. Guys, I'm not picking up y'all again. Uh Mark Bowman, uh, if y'all made any comments on that, and then the Alabama player that they're investigating for some kind of altercation that happened when the Tennessee uh, fans rushed the field. Because I don't think that's something that you can really enforce, and I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you for that phone call, Michael. I did not hear the first part of that Bull. about Mark Bowman. Bowman? I, don't I heard Mark Bowman. I don't know yeah. what referring to with Mark Bowman there. Well, uh, hit on the Jermaine Burton thing, yeah. I guess, first. Um, I did see it. I think everyone's seen it at this point. It's all over TikTok. Um, it is. I, I don't – I'm not disagreeing. I I just don't – I don't have – I hate TikTok. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't want phrases and sentences involving TikTok <laughs> on the – to cross my orbit, honestly. Uh, someone oh, yeah. sends me a TikTok, and I don't open it sometimes. Anyway, oh, um so it is obviously all over the place, and Jermaine Burton struck a f- uh, female fan on the field after Tennessee had begun rushing the field, obviously, um, after their, their victory over Alabama. Tom, I believe you said he had been booked in a county jail. I saw that on Twitter. But then I also see where it says Auburn. Or Auburn Maybe it's it not real. Alabama, right, where it says Alabama is investigating it. Right. So, They're probably not gone to jail for it, um, yeah. but uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I know this is something that people usually have strong p- opinions about, but um, the off the field stuff is just never. I I just don't come with burning pitchforks uh, <laughs> on a lot of off the field things. It, you can, absolutely cannot hit somebody. No, just that's just coming on the field. Maybe they said something to you that's yeah, vulgar maybe she said something um, but even still you still can't, can't hit someone in the head especially first of all there's cameras everywhere we live in a day and age where everything can be seen yep. it just is what it is and you're a player on a high caliber team right that is alabama that is always going to be in the forefront of everything and you just can't you just can't do that you just i'm i'm sure saving is gonna tear into him yeah. but i just trying to pull it you just can't do that pulls. honestly you just you just can't and you you got to be able to be smarter than that you have to have thicker skin i know that i'm sure i get it you know they're probably saying some things that you you don't want to hear but you you gotta you gotta have thicker skin you just you just have to if i mean i feel like that that's something that comes along with being a a high profile athlete yeah. uh so uh yeah, Nick Saban has a quote here. Uh, quote, we are aware of the situation with Jermaine Burton as he was exiting the field Saturday. Uh, Saban said via Bama Central, uh, we are currently working to gather more information. So there you go. So I don't know if, if anyone wants do, – do you guys feel the need? What, what do you want? Do you want a suspension? Do you want – is there anything in particular you want here, I guess? Like, I mean, 
Again, it's not something I've spent a lot of time thinking about. Again, I, I think we all agree you should not do that. I don't know what the repercussions should be. I believe that it will be handled in-house. Yeah. And however Saban or whoever makes that decision comes to the conclusion of whether he should be punished or how he should be punished – they will make the right decision. I I can I can believe that Nick Saban will make the right choice in in how he wants to discipline his players, especially if they're doing something like that, especially where it is caught on camera. And I'm sure he makes some. I'm sure Jermaine Burton is going to make some type of argument where gosh, she said something to me or da 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 da. Maybe I don't know, but even still, you can't do that. You gotta you gotta face some sort of consequences. I think I think Saban's gonna gonna um, make that decision. And uh, so uh, thank you for that phone call, Michael, again, bringing up that Jermaine Burton news, uh, which is also on, on some people's minds. want to circle back. I know he mentioned Mark Bowman. I, I just tried to scroll through. Mark Bowman wrote a few articles about Dansby and, and the Braves after their 100-win season, uh, not performing in the playoffs like they did after just an 88 or 89-win season last year. Um, and that was kind of along the lines of what we were just talking about with – the playoff format, and again, I don't, I just don't, I don't, there's not nothing I love, and I hate to say it again, but I've continued to try and think about it. I think the thing I like the most, again, is just back to four teams, four teams, a a, a league, and, and eight teams overall, because these extra playoff spots, I get it's getting more teams involved, but again, your argument is, I mean, you played 162 of these, there's already so you get excited for the start of the baseball season and then you just kind of go through the dog days of summer as it is. Right. I mean, you could shorten the season, but that's even worse financially where people are even less likely to do that because you don't want to lose 20 home games worth worth of money. You know, teams like the Braves have just had their best attendance in 20 years. Uh, they'd have 20 less of those or 15 less of those. I don't know if people, the owners, are ever going to agree to something like that. Uh, again, I just don't know if – you know, we should be too overreactionary to this year, but certainly it's going to be something to monitor. Um, because again, I don't, what I also don't love is the, the one game situation when you're in such a random outcome sport, it gives great chaos. It's great entertainment. It's great moment, but also is that one completely fair? I don't know. I may, and maybe you should have, three teams sit and you just have the five i don't know because they they added another playoff team right for this uh and so i don't know and just searching for the right thing to do here maybe it should be like they may let everyone in the playoffs just every <laughs> single team's like in a play and, and you're all playing from the beginning i don't know uh but nevertheless major league baseball's playoffs continuing on here philly's up four to nothing still in this inning uh two outs but philly's who lead the series 1-0 are now up 4-0 to zero on the Padres in game two and the top of the second. And again, notably in San Diego. So they're doing all this in San Diego as the Padres have, have struggled out of the gates here in this National League Championship Series. Going to take our first break of our number two of the show. More sports call coming up after this. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say Alexa... 
Play Sports Call Auburn. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9. Ryan, Tom, and Cam with you here. More Padres-Phillies updates. Back-to-back home runs from Brandon Drury and Josh Bell. Let's go. So Padres Padres. have scored their first runs of the CS. Alvarez still down 4-2 in the second. That game has all the makings of a (laughs) five-hour, long-winded baseball game. As that started about 50 minutes ago and still in the bottom of the second with no one out. So Jeez. we're off to a very slow start. But, Tom, you had Michael message you about what he was. Yeah, so uh, the, the name that he said was Michael – or it was Mark uh, – Owens. Yeah, well, Mark Owens is who uh-huh. he was talking about. Uh-huh. We, but he gave us the wrong name that we talked about. So, right. But Mark Owens uh, is who he was questioning. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he was the Braves uh, hype man for the last in, – the in-stadium hype man for the last 16 seasons uh, is bowing out after the 16th season. Uh, after more than 1,225 Braves home games, stepping down as the in-game hype man. So, uh, Do you like in-game hype men? Yes. I, you yes. know, I, I do. Um, so the Braves games that I've been to, I I guess I've never noticed there was a hype man. Um, I haven't paid much attention to it. Now, I like the organist. I, I love hearing the organ, the guy out there playing the organ music. Um, but I guess I've never really like thought about, hey, that's a hype man that's doing that. Uh, you know, I've, I've, you got the stadium announcer, and that's just kind of what I think. Right. So... Mo- I'm trying to th- again. So is Mark the one? Is he the one that would like do games and stuff and interview people throughout the the game? Um, like do like oh I couldn't tell you that. Like maybe talk during like the the tool yeah, race during, or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm confusion. Uh, I know that. <laughs> Because he's not a DJ, he's a hype man, I guess, unless that's a special word for DJ, but they don't have he particular... A for, he's a former radio host. I don't know. I'm confused now. I know, because DJs, you know, there's DJs in you know Auburn Arena sometimes for basketball. Those are pretty common in NFL stadiums and that sort of thing. They don't usually do it as much in the game, so I think maybe this is just the guy that talks. I don't know. I talk. Um but yeah, he, yeah, he was the he's the guy that hosts the the, the, the sponsor driven classic okay. games between yeah. half innings. Okay, all right, MC I know who that is. Goofy crowd pleasing Home Depot tool race with characters like Hammer and Hank the Hammer. Yeah, so he was the on field hype guy. Yep, that no, guy. that that's who I was thinking of. Okay, all right, I did not know that. That will be sad. Um, but good for him, I guess. Uh, hey, it's a new new uh, new voice of the in game entertainment. That'll be interesting. I mean, part. you have to be able to. I mean, that, that's you got to be entertaining. I mean, you have to be entertaining, right? So that's a that's a certain type of job for a certain type of person. You have to have the energy for it too. Yeah, um, it's like seven to one in the six. You're losing, and it's just like, yeah, Let's it's just, go that, yeah. Here's this thing you can win a gas gift card, you know, <laughs> or, or racetrack or whatever they do. Right. <laughs> uh, hide the whatever behind the Braves hats on the video board. 
Is it one, two, or three? <laughs> Just listen to the crowd. I can't ever keep up, but the crowd usually gets it right. Beat the freeze. Are you good at say, that? It's like, hey, game, game stinks, but we're going to watch some random try to outrace a sprinter. <laughs> I'm kind of good at those. Uh, I was, yeah, I was about to ask because I, I always lose track. But the but there's most people Pretty make easy. noise that they that they think they know what number it is, and they're usually right. If yeah. You just listen to the crowd on <laughs> behind what Braves hat it is, or it's like, it's like, yeah, yeah, that one, that one. Yeah, I just listen to everybody else. <laughs> no, it, they do it in the Bucks games, and I never know. They put it behind some Bucks helmets, and I don't know. But they, they, I don't can't can't recall them getting it wrong because they always listen to the crowd. And apparently enough people get it uh, get it right. Um, do you value? I'm using this as a whole segment now. Do you value in-game enter- entertainment? Is it important to you, or could you not care less when you are at a professional game or a college? Game? I, I I personally like it. Yeah, because the the between inning stuff can get very boring unless yeah. you just really like watching a pitcher warm up. So yeah. yeah, you know, between innings to have something to watch and to. Have some sort of entertainment on the field takes the what would normally be complete boredom of between innings again, unless you like watching a pitcher throw warm up pitches. But I like it. I think I think it's important for really all sports, just between quarters, between innings. Um, it just keeps the crowd engaged, constant, right. constant. That's what they want. They want constant engagement, constant something to to look forward to, something to pay attention to, something to keep the energy going that's i mean that's just how um you know and and to bring in as much revenue as possible you know so all right so let me parlay that into another question um i have not been in jordan Hare stadium as a fan in a while now but i will for the arkansas game i'm always in the press box if i am there can't see the video can we just switch i'll go to the press box (laughs) well um where like what what is usually done during the eight minute media timeouts when CBS or ESPN Mar- marching band yeah. slash DJ yeah. slash they'll have the stuff pop up on the big screen yeah they, like they the, do screen stuff yeah a lot of a lot I of, I can envision like I've seen Dylan Cardwell shirtless they do on the, the video they board do that they do a some they, honor people on the field they do some honoring and then another big thing that they've done this season is the um. Who's the, the who's football kid, the, the 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 mass singer thing? The mask yeah, singer, the mass okay. football player, and who's singing? And that's pretty popular. Uh, a lot of a lot of people like that and like to like to guess who it is. And then they'll show the player on the screen, and everybody cheers. And so that's been pretty popular uh, this year. And then they they do some little game that you have to do a link to, and uh, that's about okay. it. And I know the well, light show for night yeah, games yeah. now. Well, you know, and in between quarters is the time where the marching band gets to play an extended song. Yeah, freely. because during the game they they can't play while the right. while play yeah. is going on, so they're only able to play little snippets uh, of stuff. These little short, you know, hit songs or whatever uh, between the between the uh, quarters, they can actually let some songs fly instead of just one little snippet of something. I got you. And that's the the pageantry part of it too. Sure. Um, yeah. You just, when you're, when you're in the press box, you kind of see the edge of the screen, but you're kind of more focused yeah. on collecting the stats and the right. horror of just what, what occurred. Capsulating <laughs> that for the audience, but the horror. Um, in game entertainment, that's something we don't usually talk about 
uh, because we usually talk about the product on the field, which we are going to get back to after this commercial break. We'll start to hit up some of the games coming up this season or this weekend. Auburn does not play, but that does not mean there's not a lot of great matchups throughout the college football world. So we start to hit on some of those coming up next. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. This is the Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Cam Berry with you here on this Wednesday afternoon. Talking all things in the sports world and want to kind of start to preview some of the college football games ahead. Not going to do big deep dives here as it is still Wednesday. But nevertheless, uh, this college football season heating up in a big way last weekend with, of course, that Alabama-Tennessee game had a lot of ranked matchups. I believe had six top 25 games last week. We have five top 25 games this week, so still a pretty respectable slate across college football. Um, And, again, a couple matchups that are – I will say kind of shockingly big. These are not games coming into the year that you anticipated would be top 25 games and and very important games. One of such is an 11 a.m. game, number five Clemson, number 14 Syracuse. Yeah. You like Syracuse, don't you? So um, my mother was originally born in Syracuse, and then they moved – or Rochester, which is like – Rochester and Syracuse are like basically the same place. Yeah. and uh, moved down to Auburn when she was really little, so she's always grown up down here. But my grandfather lives up in Syracuse, so big Syracuse fan. Um, so I've uh, I've been around there. I've been around Syracuse uh, a few times, uh, seen seen their facilities and stuff um, up in New York. And so I, I I like to I like to root for Syracuse when they're kind of when they're kind of decent. And I like uh, I like Sean Tucker. He's a good running back. Um, he's a he's a pretty t- pretty talented running back. And um, they're not too bad. You know, I mean, being 6-0, 3-0 in the ACC. And uh, I don't think – I think last week, I don't remember who they played, and they beat um, NC State. NC yeah. And they beat NC State. I think, I think I was the only one that picked Syracuse to win against NC State when we did our college pick last week. Um, and mm. I don't know. I just have faith in them. Mm. I, just, I don't think they're going to beat Clemson, but I think they might put up a little fight. They have a solid run game. Um, I just think Clemson is going to overpower them, um, just talent wise. Honestly, I mean the line is thirteen and a half in Clemson's favor. So, um, but I, I think they'll give them give them a fight for a half, and then it'll it'll 
you know, I think Clemson will end up kind of, you know, enforcing. And especially with it being in Clemson, I, I don't see them losing. Yeah. Syracuse, uh, it's a team that went 5-7 and seven last year, 2-6 and six in the ACC. But if you look at their schedule, I don't want to say it's been a cakewalk for no, them. No. I mean, NC State's good, and they did beat them. But So they beat Louisville. They beat at UConn. They beat Purdue, which eh, Virginia's not good. They beat them. They beat Wagner and then beat NC State. But uh, it's about to get really tough for them. you got at Clemson, then oh, Notre yeah. Dame, and then at Pitt. Uh, and then uh, they host Florida State, and then they finish off at Wake Forest and at Boston College. So, it's going to be tough. Yeah, going to be tough for them. But, uh, tough back half. Well, and, and, of course, with Clemson. But to get to the 14, they, that's good. Yeah. But good so Clemson is Clemson is one of these teams that if their aspirations are get to the playoffs, they can afford they cannot afford a oh, loss no, at all. No. You're not only, you're not going to see an ACC team yeah. sneak in with one yeah. loss. They're the only legitimate shot for the ACC to even right. get to the playoffs. So if they lose one game, they're, they're it's done. done. Yeah. It's done. The ACC will not be in the playoff whatsoever. But I can guarantee you there's going to be, you know, some uh other SEC teams that are rooting for that to happen to try oh, yeah. to at least open up a door for a you know potentially it, it's crazy to think that you could potentially have three sec teams in a 14 playoff i could not imagine that happening but i, I mean yeah it, I, it, it's open just because there's so many good teams in the sec right now that you're gonna have some one loss teams get left out. Or I think they'll put in the one. Have, yeah, but I think they'll put in the one loss Pac-12 champion before they'd put in a one loss SEC. Oh yeah, that would that would put three SEC teams in. I just, I, I mean, as much as we could, wish I agree. Yeah, I, I, agree I agree it. with it, but it, but a Clemson loss. Oh yeah, opens the up the door of the, the possibility because I mean, if they keep if they go undefeated and win the ACC, then they're in. There's no question about that. Yeah. But they lose one, then that wipes out the ACC. You know, and an Ole Miss that say they say they get through with one loss. I you know I think Alabama beats them. Yeah. So one loss, they don't make the conference uh, championship game, but they finish out the season with just that one loss, and it just happens to be to Alabama. Okay, but yeah. However, they're also Tennessee. at Ole, they're also at Ole Miss. So, you know, you lose a home game. That's going to hurt Tennessee. Let's say Tennessee goes on the road and gets beat by Georgia. Right, that's one loss, and then runs the table all the way up. Georgia goes to the championship game. Tennessee's only loss is at number one Georgia. Right, and they have a win over Alabama. You know, it'd be hard not to stick them in there. Right, but if but, but if but if you're looking at an undefe- let's say an undefeated Georgia versus a one loss Alabama in the championship game. They both probably get in, and well, but Alabama, yeah, right, and Alabama wins, right. So Alabama's in with one loss. Georgia's in with one loss. It's Tennessee that why would be would, the, Tennessee, Tennessee would be left out. Tennessee would be left yeah, out. Tennessee would be left out because unless, Ohio well, no, State's going to get in. Well, well, but that's that's the third spot. So that's what I'm saying. I well, Ohio State or Michigan. Oh yeah, yeah. Ohio winner State or game. Michigan. The winner, the winner of, of that, that game. the winner of that game right. is in the catbird seat as long as they win the conference. They're in. The loser of that is out because I yeah, think yeah Penn State's bid is is dead now that they've got blown out by Michigan. But we're just just using that scenario. If you're Tennessee, your only loss would be at number one Georgia. You would have a legit gripe to get in. Yep. Yeah. Over yeah. many over many other one loss teams who sure. you know head to head Tennessee would be. So definitely that's where I'm saying it leaves that option. It kind of leaves that door open if Clemson were to lose a game. 
Well, it leaves that that scenario open to where you could maybe possibly see three SEC, even though it's very unlikely. So this this has the potential to be the first year that you really could have the argument. And again, there's still five weeks, six games uh, anything, to go. Uh, anything could happen. And it's very possible this will work itself out. But at least you see what's in play here. And this could be the first year where you really really wish you had more than four for yeah. actual re you know football reasons other than just entertainment value of having more games um this is the bid for an expansion w- when you have when you go through the the power five conferences there's no one in the group of five that's got it this year um no one's going to be able to be cincinnati this year cincinnati has a loss byu was a team that had a good schedule but they've already taken a couple losses they're out uh ucf has lost all, all the group five viabilities they're out there no one's making it group five so you focus on the Power Five, and in the ACC, you have undefeated Clemson, undefeated Syracuse. Winner still alive. It, I'll come back to Syracuse. Okay, we're going to assume it's Clemson for now. Undefeated Clemson has no problems in the playoff. I think uh, Syracuse falls off. Like I talked about, how right. tough their rest of their schedule is. Right, they're going to take another couple of L's. But everyone else in the ACC beyond those two teams already has at least a loss. Mm-hmm and will not make a top four. The Big Ten, Penn State took that loss. It's really Ohio State and Michigan. If Penn State won out, which is unlikely, I mean, they're in that same division, so if they got Michigan to lose to Ohio State and Penn State beat Ohio State, they'd all have one loss. I don't know how those tiebreakers work. you got to figure the Big Ten champion with that brand, they're in, whoever that is. Um, so that's the spot I'm going to lock up because I just don't see how a two how right, no, the other yeah. division wins. I'm going to say it's Ohio State or Michigan. I'm so going Ohio, my prediction on that would be Ohio sure. State. I, so, I, I, yeah, I think they're that mine good. as well. Um, but so that's one for sure. And like I said, if Clemson wins out, they're in. Big Twelve got worse for them in my opinion because I think Oklahoma State's probably still a little better than TCU. They had a two possession lead with six minutes to go in that game and blew that lead. It was at TCU, um, and, and so I'm not as sure about TCU. You've already got Kansas State with a loss. you got Oklahoma State with a loss. Baylor's way out of it. Texas has two losses. So the Big 12, is their linchpin is they are hoping TCU goes undefeated. If they don't, though, I think the Big 12 is probably out unless you get some really craziness because, right. again, even, even with a one-loss Oklahoma State or one-loss TCU, they're going to be down that one-loss pecking order a little bit. Uh, Pac-12 is actually still interesting, and it's very rare. You would have thought with USC losing, it'd be done. But the other Southern California team, UCLA, is undefeated. Yep. Yep. So if UCLA continues to be undefeated, they've got a big one. That's coming up this weekend. They've got Oregon. Oregon. Have to be Oregon. Oregon is is an interesting one-loss team because of their current position and who they lost to. Now, they got absolutely cooked by Georgia, which is a problem. But they're number 10. And there's still six weeks left, and they're, they've got number nine UCLA this week. I don't know if they're out of it. I would say as of now they're not out of it. Yeah, they also have so. number 15 Utah a little bit later on. But UCLA is the team that we're circling for this part of the conversation as, of course, if they went out, they're going to have a claim to the college football playoff. Now my question is, and again, these are so many hypotheticals, but this right. is what we do here in college football country, hypotheticals about college football. True. Um, is there a scenario where you would take? I'm just one of. I want to throw this out there. Is there a scenario where you would take a one-loss SEC team 
that did not win their conference championship, whether it be Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, over the undefeated UCLA scenario or any other undefeated, any other that you could think of. Like, would you take? Because here's a here's one that you'd really be tough to take. Let's say Syracuse messes around and beats Clemson <laughs> yeah. and goes undefeated this year. Right. Can you in good conscience say Syracuse is still a better team and therefore in the playoff over Say Tennessee, Alabama, or Georgia. <laughs> Probably not, but they're undefeated. So yeah, that's, that's just it. that would be a that'd be a tough one, right? Now, what about UCLA? That's a that's a more so, realistic, more so, undefeated team. I, still, so you have to still undefeated. Yeah, you you have to reward uh, right. You have to reward winning, and you have to reward winning a conference and going through undefeated. Yes. You have to be rewarded for that. I, Whether how strong or I, right. weak the you can't uh, as as somebody that selects as a selection committee or whatever, I I think you're doing a, um, I think you're doing a team wrong if you just go well you That's know what justice head to head Tennessee's going to beat UCLA even though Tennessee's got the one loss and UCLA is undefeated but you know if they went head to head Tennessee would mash them so therefore Tennessee's the better team we need to put them in well now no. you have to reward. Yeah. You have to reward the team that went undefeated and won their conference. You can't just assume that a one-loss team would smash them. They won their conference. They went undefeated. They deserve to be rewarded yeah, by being right, in the playoffs. They have a right to be in there. I, I agree with Tom. That would be a disservice. I, I think I agree, too, but this is where I don't want to have to think about it. This is why where I want and, – and granted, this is going to work itself out. It's not going to be as right. complicated oh, yeah. as right. this scenario. Towards but, the end. Oh, well. again, I will be very excited when the playoff is expanded and then we don't have as many – we'll still have arguments about the last team in, that sort of thing. And I get the whole spiel. We've been over 100 times of, oh, they're really not deserving because they're clearly not the best team. I don't care. There's only – there's 132 or 130 teams, and we've stopped caring about bowl games, so therefore you care about four teams at the end of the season, and that's not enough. Um, but I do think there are some fun scenarios this year because the SEC scenario, as you mentioned, Tom, it still could work with Ole Miss too, depending on right. what happens. Um, theirs is going to be a little more troubling than Tennessee because Ole Miss is going to lack the marquee win. They're just not going to have the same win that Tennessee has. Right. Uh, but if enough chaos ensued, look, either way, it's still the dilemma of 2017 Alabama where Ole Miss would be SEC West team with only one loss. It would come rather late. It would put them out of the SEC championship, but that would be their only loss. The only difference is brand name here. Right. And that Ole Miss, I don't think, would have had a win that 2017 Alabama would have had. Well, they wouldn't. And then the other thing that would hurt Ole Miss is, let's just say that they take a loss to Alabama. Well, it's a home loss. So yeah, that's, right. that's a, home, their, a home loss is not good. Bama's so, their only chance to get a marquee win. But, it, you know, it's we're talking about this, but there was a guy, and I heard it mentioned on the uh, Paul Feinbaum show, uh, as ridiculous as it is, there was somebody that put together a whole scenario where the college football oh, playoffs are all SEC teams we, uh, and laid out the whole foundation for how that could happen. I was like, whoa, that yeah. would be insane. Yeah, it's, doomsday that, scenario is what everybody called as it. As fun as that would be, uh, very far-fetched for it to actually yeah. all work out that way. But, hey, root for chaos. Root for the Clemsons to lose, the Ohio States to mess up against the Iowas, this, that, and the other thing. And then you start to mix in some fun things there. Out of time for hour number two. We'll continue some more of this type of conversation in hour number three, as well as a hump date update for the Campbell Camels. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call. 
two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Hour number three of Sports Call getting underway here on this Wednesday afternoon. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan Lavoy. Filling in for J.J. Jackson, I've got Cam Berry and Tom Peavy with me here on this Wednesday afternoon. Fun show so far as we've talked I feel like a little bit of everything, uh, yeah. very different topics on and off the field a little bit. Oh, yeah, some great topics. And uh, before we get going with our number three, <clears throat> let's give you the Daily Show recap. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? All right, so today on the show so far, we've talked to a couple callers as always. We've talked a little bit about Brian Harson. We've talked a little bit about the NBA as it gets going to start, uh, I guess, night number two tonight, but those Auburn guys in the NBA in particular we broke down some college football playoff scenarios, and we're going to continue to do that in just a little bit. Uh, we've also talked about in-game sports entertainment. We've had debates on which college or pro atmospheres are best. Talked a little bit about everything, it feels like, so far in today's show. And if you missed any of that, you can go back and listen to it on the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. I would love a vanilla Coke right now if I don't say so myself. But We even discussed some hamburgers briefly. We did. Briefly. Uh, Cheese curds during one of the breaks. Um, Again, everything. Um, I want to go back to what we were talking about at the end of hour number two, though, and some of those playoff scenarios and some of those those teams having good seasons. We mentioned the Clemson and Syracuse game. We kind of mentioned that Oregon and UCLA game. Again, this, this one I'm going to bring up here may not turn as many heads, but number eight TCU undefeated coming off the win against Oklahoma State last weekend. They got another big home game this weekend, number 17, Kansas State comes into town. Kansas State having a good year. Kind of saw that out of them at the end of last year. Thought uh, Chris Kleiman, what he was building at Kansas State, uh, was something to keep track of. Kansas State's year, they're 5-1. and one. They lost to Tulane week three, which at the time looked very disappointing. Looked like um, 
that could be a very regrettable occurrence. And still, in the scheme of things, is regrettable because if Kansas State was undefeated, they'd still be in the playoff conversation as an undefeated Power 5 team. But Tulane's ended up pretty good themselves. They are the last team ranked in the top Mm -hmm. 25. And so a more forgivable loss in hindsight. Since then, Kansas State went on the road, beat Oklahoma. They're the first team to do it, so that makes it a little bit more important, even though we know now Oklahoma's not great. They then beat Texas Tech at home and then just held on for dear life in a low-scoring affair two weeks ago. They beat Iowa State 10-9 to in Ames in shades of an Iowa-Wisconsin what? game. <laughs> what a game. But uh, nevertheless, these two teams, these two purple Big 12 teams having surprisingly good years in a year where Oklahoma and Texas still in the Big 12 for now, but not factoring into the, the at-large picture there. And Oklahoma's been very – Oklahoma in particular, Texas has been okay. Oklahoma yeah. in particular has been very disappointing with Brent Venables in year one. Though. Yeah. Texas could probably, you know, with the absence of Quinn Ewers, probably could have been better. Um, and, you know, we will never know because, I mean, they were a field goal from be, beating Alabama. So, you know, that that's a conversation that could be had um, that, you know, with – with a different quarterback playing, they're they're different. Um, with um, Oklahoma, you know, yeah, just a tough year. It, it seems, in my opinion, just from what I'm seeing, it seems like Lincoln Riley kind of kind of gutted them and then left, you know, and, and you know went on his way to USC. Uh, took a lot of the talent, and a lot of the talent kind of transferred out, went to other places. Um, not to say that they're is no talent, but you know, I, I think Brent Venables has to kind of get some guys in there. He's got to, he's got to kind of rebuild the program a little bit. So got to give him a little bit of time. They're, they're not great this year. So we just have to see for next year. And I think what's important to note with Oklahoma is Lincoln Riley, Bob Stoops really doesn't matter the year. The defense was never a strong suit for Oklahoma. They've had multiple playoff teams with Lincoln Riley with various incredibly successful college quarterbacks, whether you talk about Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, whoever. And the flaw of their team was always they just couldn't hold up defensively. So they bring in a defensive guy, and that's great. And I think Brent Venables will improve the defense eventually, but they're still Mm -hmm. dealing off lesser defensive players. And now – Came what you're alluding to, the gutted part of it for me is just in particular the quarterbacks there. Caleb Williams yeah. off to USC, Spencer Rattler off to, to South Carolina. So they bring in Dylan Gabriel, who is a quality college quarterback. He's had some injury issues, but it's also just not clicked for them. And I don't know if they have that stud wide receiver they're typically they typically have. When you think about a lot of Oklahoma teams, usually they have someone outside. Yeah. Uh, that is is athletically incredible or, because, or that sort of thing. Yeah, because they did have Hazelwood, and he transferred to Arkansas. Yep, and uh, obviously their their last great one was C.D. Lamb, but uh, they, Mims was good. I yep. mean, they, they've had a they've had a lot of guys, uh, and of course you go further back and, and and continue to rack them up, and they don't have that. They don't have the the great running back. They've had Oklahoma for all the great quarterbacks they've had. They've had a lot of great yeah. running backs over the last decade or so. Obviously, Joe Mixon doing great things for the Bengals. Samadre P. Ryan was a really good running back. Uh, DeMarco Murray going further back than that. Going further back than that, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Uh, they, they've had a history of just great offense in general, and they they lack that stud. I'm with you also, Cam. 
that Texas not having Quinn Ewers, and we can talk about the Alabama game for sure, but even against Texas Tech, Texas could be the Big 12 version of any SEC team we just talked about. Yeah. If they had had anyone other than Hudson Card in the Texas Tech game, and I mean, of course, Quinn Ewers, if they had Quinn Ewers in that game, then maybe they don't lose to Texas Tech because they right. lose that game in overtime. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech is not great. And so Texas is a one-loss team with only a loss to Alabama. And then you start to talk about their credentials as they go out uh, to the season because Texas's next three games, they have a real opportunity. They're not going to make playoffs two-loss team, not saying that. Uh, but they're going to get really high in the rankings if they can run this table, really high. A, they're Texas, it's a brand name, but they're at number 11 Oklahoma State this week. That's right. another one of the, the top 25 matchups. Then they're at number 17 Kansas State. And then they host number 8 TCU. So they've got three straight-ranked opponents, and unless Kansas State gets drubbed by TCU this week, they'll all be ranked when they play them. And so they've got a stretch here at number 20. If you win all those, yeah, I think you're, you're probably in the top 10 yeah, by the end right, of the, that three-game stretch. Yeah, that, that, they could make that jump for sure. So did you have on your radar, and I, granted they're not going to the SEC next year, but did you have on your radar – that Texas ultimately, by the time we get to 2025, could be in a quite a bit better place than Oklahoma, yeah. which I would not have seen this time last year at all. I would have thought you were crazy. You, I would have said Texas is back. Yeah, there it is. I was waiting for you to say the words. <laughs> They're <Yes>. back? <laughs> because it's really more of a product of Oklahoma being, I mean, I'd have to go back. Speaking of the word back, I'd have to go back in time a little bit. This could be the worst Oklahoma team in a very, very long, long time. time. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm not saying throw in the towel in one year in Brent Vittables, but it's concerningly bad for what their standard has been right. for a long time. I mean, Lincoln Riley and Bob Stoops, long time. And, and from listening to some uh, – I, I shouldn't say listening to some shows. Listening to Paul Feinbaum, he's had some callers that have called in that are Oklahoma fans, and they've already checked out on Vittables after – yeah, not even a that's full year. Not even fair. Like one, well, one year because their standard their standard is just so high. And then when he comes in, and when you get drubbed like you right. do against Texas, you're you're going to lose some fans. I mean, you have to put it into perspective, though. I get it. You're going to lose some fans, but again, they played that game. Did they even have Dylan Gabriel? I don't even think they had Dylan Gabriel. That he's game. missed a game and he's gotten injured during another game. Was I'm it the to... Texas game that he wasn't playing though? I'm I'm like eighty percent sure. That I'm on it a was. different research mission at the moment, <laughs> so you'll have to get that one. Um, so I I just just you have to give him a chance in my head. You just got to give him a shot, right? Just to to rebuild the team because again, like I said, Lincoln Riley gutted your program. He took what he took. The best players. He took what he wanted. He took what he wanted. I mean, seriously, though, like literally, he took your starting quarterback. He took your backup quarterback. Your probably top wide receiver transferred out. Your, I guess your top two wide receivers transferred out, right? And so, I mean, come on. Just give, give the guy a chance to – and your defense was already not good. So you're already coming in dealing with a defense that is not that talented. It's not fixable yeah, in one year. Yeah, it's not fixable in one year. So you just have to give the guy a shot – to to build something. D- Dylan Gabriel, I don't, I don't I, think, played in that Texas game. I He's not think, on their box score. No, okay. I'm looking at so, it right now. 
Somebody so he must have got hurt the week before. They just beveled. Six for 12, 38 yards, and an interception. Like, no. Robust. Come yeah. It, come on, man. Like, so obviously they didn't stand a chance against Texas. That's the game that Quinn Ewers came back. Yeah. So, and he went absolutely off. He only had one pick and 289 yards and four touchdowns. And Bijan Robinson had 130 yards and two touchdowns. Like, come on, man. Give You just got to give the guy a shot. And like you said, the defense is not fixable in one year. So that I think that's probably one of the most frustrating things about fans is they don't knee even. Jerk. They're knee jerk. They just don't even give the guy, give your new guy a true chance. And I feel like Brent Venables could be a great head coach. So just give him a shot. Give him some time. Give him a chance to get some good guys in there. And you're saying, well, what about the transfer portal? Well, he did go out and get a quarterback for the transfer portal. So, and Dylan Gabriel is a is a productive. Yes, he's a productive quarterback. So just give him some time. Give him a chance. So um, that that's I'm off. You're fired up box. on that. I'm off Appreciate my soapbox. <laughs> so the last time, just reminder of what Oklahoma's been the last 20 years. The last time Oklahoma was not did not finish in the AP Top 10, which is also the to- last time they did not finish in the Top 25, was 2014 with Bob Stoops. They went, went to the Russell Athletic Bowl. They played Clemson that year. They got smashed, and then Clemson became Clemson the next year. So they went 8-5. and five. They also had an 8-5 and five season that they finished unranked under Bob Stoops in 2009. However... The last time Oklahoma won less than eight games, which is very well possible going to happen this year, was 1999. Wow. They went 7-5. and five. It was Bob Stoops' first year because someone by the name of John Blake, whoever that is, <laughs> did a whopping job at the University of Oklahoma. Needless to say, I've not heard of him because the three years he spent at Oklahoma, he compiled a very impressive, wait for it, wait for it, Wait for it. 12-22 and 22 record oh in my. three years at Oklahoma. Nice. Needless to say, John Blake was not getting a fourth year. So then yeah. Bob Stoops took that, went 7-5, and five, and then the very next year, 2000, they went 13-0. and 0. <laughs> Beat Florida State. Goodness. Won a championship. So um, it's been a while since they've not won at least eight games. They've only had, again, two years under Bob Stoops throwing out the first year, 1999. Only two times did they not finish rank and ranked, and they were eight and five in both those seasons. And I think yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna it. look at Oklahoma's schedule. That's and this I'm... is not my argument, by the way. No, this no. is not an argument for them to fire him. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that this is kind of unprecedented. How? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I get it. If you, as a fan, you you have this expectation of you know we have we have all these great head coaches and da 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 da, but it's not the same. It's just not. You're just gonna have to be patient with this one. You know, is he's not gonna he's not inheriting all of these great and amazing players. Yeah. It's just it's you just got to give it some time, more than one year, and it's his first year. Like the the one thing I will say when you look at the rest of their schedule, it, I, I would uh, say it's doable. Yeah, the yeah, only other sure. only other team that I don't feel good that they'll win is uh, the game is Oklahoma State, but at least that's Bedlam. It's a rivalry. You yeah. can't completely throw it out. Is that Oklahoma? You know, they're at Iowa State. I'm sure they'll be kind of a yucky game. They host Baylor, who's been very disappointing this year. At West Virginia, Neil Brown's holding on for dear life there. And at Texas Tech, again, they're fine. But, uh, you know, Oklahoma, if they get better, they could still finish 8-4, and and we can avoid that little eight-win mantra. But it is certainly a stark contrast from 2015 on to go top 10 every year and then – 
And and that's also, by the way, just just the the shocking nature of Lincoln Riley leaving because you're doing top ten in the country, multiple playoff appearances every year at one of the the great programs in the sport. Right. And I get you went to another you of the to great an programs, even greater program right? Well, ma- but well, it makes you makes you wonder if Lincoln Riley knew what was on board, and you know, as far as the talent level, and he's like, yeah, let me go ahead and get out of here and save myself. He took myself. whatever he wanted. He took he, whatever he wanted because of the portal. Yeah, he took well, Caleb like, Williams come and. On. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they took any defensive guys. Right? I, I don't know either. He, get, he gets. He got with those not. guys. He's like, "Listen, I'm going to Southern Cal. Y'all come with me because the rest is just trash." Come so. on, man. <laughs> he yeah. saw the end of the line. Interesting, but I will say, if he felt that way, I mean, he'd been the guy for a few years now. What does yeah. that say about four or five years into his USC tenure? Then that's the only thing. If if that's true, if that's true, if he th- thought he saw writing on the wall, then I'll ask him about four or five years from now at USC as well. We got to take our first time out of hour number three. When we come back, it's a Wednesday. It's hump day. Hump time day. for a hump date update coming up after this. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Like us on Facebook at SportsCallAU. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Or if you listen after the fact, the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. My name is Ryan LaVoy. I'm joined by Tom Peavy and Cam Berry today. We will do a Campbell Campbell's update in just a little bit, but first we've got a couple of phone calls, 887-341 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9 to join us on our Auburn Bank phone line. And next up, Ed from Auburn. Ed joins us. Ed, how are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How are y'all doing? Doing well. Well, I, I, I had a, a, a kind of a, a, a thought line that I wanted to put put in front of you. I tried to present it early, but they didn't take it or didn't understand. With Auburn, uh, by far, we all know men's sports right now, the most successful sport we have is Auburn basketball. And they backed up on building a new practice facility. And it was mentioned that that's NIL money uh, or in that vein. Now, that goes against what NIL is supposed to be in the first place. But second off, the main thing, I, my main, I mean, it's not those two monies are not supposed to be related to each other in the in the spirit of the of the of the of how everything's set up right now. If you know what I mean, I know they are, but they're not supposed to be. Right. But a very nice article today about women's volleyball. Uh, uh, women's uh, 
basketball with Johnny Park, uh, Harper, I think. Johnny Harris, uh, yeah, Johnny Harris. 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 It's, uh, I do not understand, and gymnastics being such a big thing, what, what in the what, what on earth will they not just build that building? Can you tell? Can you please tell me any kind of re, with, with those those three women's sports booming and and bringing in money and, and recognition and students to Auburn and, and then Bruce Pearl begging for this? I I, I guarantee you, uh, Kentucky will build him fifteen. Practice facilities. If he'll come up there, you know, in after you know, a couple of years of more years of Calipari, but I don't understand. For the life of me, could somebody explain to me why why that happened? Uh, The money was supposed to be appropriated. Everything was supposed to be a go. Uh, It's it's not just Auburn basketball, men's basketball. It's women's basketball. It's women's gymnastics. It's women's uh, volleyball. It's you, you know. Uh, can y'all give me a clue onto that? And I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I mean, yes, I appreciate the call. Uh, so, well, so first of all, Bruce Pearl, while wanting that, when he was approached about one of the other, he is fine with the NIL stuff. And so the thing is, um, there, there's not an endless money tree over there at Auburn. I mean, there, there's money. And you can allot a whole bunch of that towards NIL, or you could have allotted some towards that practice facility and not have as much for NIL. And so they went to Bruce, and they're like, hey, we're going to eventually build you this practice thing. But right now, in the scope of athletics, NIL is the big thing. And so we would like to have that money that we're going to spend there and and make it into a big pot of NIL stuff. And Bruce Pearl is fine with that. He understands how important NIL is. So, yes, while Bruce Pearl has been asking for a bigger facility, once it came down to that, he was perfectly fine with that money going to NIL, and then we'll get the practice facility done. But we need the NIL so that we can get the players here. So that's how that goes. Yeah, and I think also to to add to that, you know, it is true that the women's sports are developing and obviously this boom of gymnastics, but – the reality is, is you know, volleyball in particular, which is having an incredible season this year, it is not a ticketed sport. There is there is not a revenue building sport. Gymnastics is ticketed and it is booming right now. But still, at the end of the day, the ability, the limit on what gymnastics can make, is still going to be a lot lower than what Auburn basketball can make. Probably even Auburn baseball too. Um, so. This is still, while it would be really nice to have and it would help all the women's sports that participate in Auburn Arena or use those facilities as well, it's really about what they can find impact-wise financially with basketball. And as Ed pointed out, it is not supposed to be NIL money driving if you can build a new facility or not. That, that Those collectives are not supposed to have anything to do but Auburn was obviously behind as we've seen in football behind the eight ball getting to the NIL part of it and getting their ducks in a row in football and that sort of thing and so they're now finally starting to get their feet under them with that and so I think they want to continue on with the NIL part of it and 
continue on with that collective part of it before you know they they then reappropriate money the other way again it shouldn't be like that we understand that but it, I think Bruce Pearl was talking about, I think I recall the interview Ed was talking about because I think it was at Robert Trent Jones golf course. I think they were they were having a tournament or something out there. And he was talking about the, the other the, the part of the budget they need to go to other other things. They can't right. take that out of it for for a facility. Again, whether you agree with that or not, whether we agree with that or not, that's just that's what they've said and that's yeah. the reasoning behind all that. All right, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up on the Auburn Bank phone line. Terry from Auburn. Terry joins us. Terry, how are you doing? Doing great, guys. How y'all doing today? Doing well. Doing well, sir. Fantastic. Um, Guys, I've only been in Auburn for about two months. August the 12th when I came here, uh, so a little over two months. And And I'm still learning a little bit about the area and the people. So when I was in a restaurant earlier today, and there's a group of people, and I got into a... um, Shall we say tense debate? <laughs> they seem to think Brian Harson should get a third year. And I told them they're insane because you're waving a white flag besides the Pacific Ocean if that happens. You're saying, hey, Kirby, hey, Nick, come get the recruits all you want. Brian Harson can't get them. He's not going to get them. Don't want to get them. And, I, and I, I can, I, I'd still say that there's a part of Brian Harson does not want to be here. And I know there's a part of all of us don't want him here. Don't want him here. So, you know, where do y'all stand on that? Is there any chance him get a third year? What there? It, it's not impossible. Now I will say, you know, uh, one of our other callers, retired Ward and Steve, brought up a, a Philip Marshall article that suggested, from what he's hearing, he believes Brian Harson does not really want to be here anymore either. Uh, so there is some credence to that, that that's starting to be murmured. I, I don't know everything about those odds and ends. I would certainly understand why Harson wouldn't want to, but. Um, sure you know, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure at the moment, but there is starting to be rumblings of that. And as far as getting the third year, I mean, I, I, I would, I would be in the same boat. I do not want to see that. Uh, I do not think it would, it would go well, yeah. but can we rule it out? Unfortunately, not, out of the realm of not yet. No. Mm. Cause they were saying, well, the only game that would played horrible and was Penn state. Did you not look at the Missouri game? That's oh, what I wanted yeah. to ask him. Auburn was horrible in that game too. I yeah. mean, they, Auburn didn't win that game. Missouri lost it for sure. Yeah. I agree. And and that just that's just that's just refused. That's like you said by buying a used car. The used car sales was going to tell you what's right with the car, not what's wrong with it. Fair. That's a good point. Yeah. So I'm, I just don't understand people that want to give this bum a third chance, a third year. I, I just don't. I, he doesn't want to be here. And and there's a scenario hadn't been brought up, guys. What if he leaves on his own? Auburn doesn't fire him. Yeah. yeah. What when? We talked about that early on that, that, you know, there's that possibility that he could be looking at a job like Colorado or they could be looking at him. The thing or is, Arizona State. Or, or Arizona State. Um, the thing is, that benefits Auburn because yeah, then, then there's no. Will pay a salary. Yeah, yeah there's no buyout there. Quit. And honestly, it would be one of those agreement things with, uh, with Auburn where it's like, hey, take the job. Don't worry about paying us a buyout. You know, we'll just. Separate on good terms. Go have fun and wherever you're at, and we'll move on. And then, and then there won't be a buy. <laughs> well, I'm saying good enough terms that there's not somebody owing there's somebody no money, money involved. Yeah, right, right. I don't know, guys. It just blows my mind that it's even being discussed remotely. I mean, I guess maybe that's what the holdup is. Maybe because I thought he should have been fired last week or a couple weeks ago. I kind of thought he would. I yeah. did too. So I thought if that guy holds on to the ball against Missouri, I don't see how he makes it out of Jordan here that day. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just I just blows my mind that there are still people out there who say, 
well, you got to give them a chance. I said, well, you're living, still living in the 80s where coaches got three or four years to, to build a program and get recruits and things like that. You don't have to do that now. Now with the NIL, as you were t- saying, Ryan, and, and the, the transport portal, you can build. Look at Tennessee. Heibel's been there, what, three years, and they're already dominant. Two years. I Two. think this is his second year. This is yeah. his Two second year. Okay, he, he's already, look how good he's gotten. So yeah. you can, that's proof positive right there. You can, good, you can get good quick. You can, yeah. yeah. And, and he's and, done, and and he's done that through transfer portal a lot because uh, Hendon Hooker was at Virginia Tech. Right. And, you know, the, the two transfer portal positions that, that, that Brian Arsene didn't even address, the offensive line, and the quarterback, you tell me the best he could do was Finley and Calzada? Yeah. I mean, obviously he, he missed. I mean, there's yeah. no debating that. I'm not sure he even got to the plate, let alone he missed. <laughs> well, I mean, he took swings. I think it's I mean, he brought people in. He took he took his hacks. They were not good hacks, but yeah, they weren't Tony Gwynn swings. No, uh, on cue by the way, as the Padres tie the game up. Uh, Terry, good good oh. call there. Speaking of Tony Gwynn, but yeah, no, we we agree with you there. Obviously, Auburn did not find a quarterback that they. And, and yeah. let me switch to baseball real quick. Is anybody disappointed that the Dodgers aren't in it? I can't stand the Dodgers. I'm, I put them on par with the Cowboys. The only thing that would have been better is if the Yankees also got knocked Yeah, for, that's true. For that sure, would have been, you're right. For sure. Uh, Yankees yeah. are my second favorite team, so I don't agree the Yankees, with that one, the, the Yankees, the Cowboys, the Dodgers, the Lakers. Astros. You know, I'm just, I'm just not a fan of any of those teams because it's just too easy. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you still got to play it on the field, though, as evidenced by the Dodgers not making it. So they I'm had sure. the big payroll, and they, they still didn't get it done with a 111-win team. They won, I mean, they won around 111 games. Yeah, yep, 111. 111. And they're sitting home. Yep, yep, they're watching this right now. Incredible. A division rival care. beat them. Take care, Terry. Appreciate it. That is uh, Terry from Auburn joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. We appreciate those phone calls from Ed and Terry right there. 334-887-341. Locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. As promised, before we take our last break of the show, want to get you this hump day update. Time for your Sports Call Hump Day update on the Campbell Gamble's football team. It's Campbell Camels football. I bet you just never thought that would be talked about in <laughs> Auburn, Alabama. Uh, again, Campbell going on a run, Tom. Three in a row, two yeah. in the Big South, and they're scoring points. They're, they're definitely putting some points on the board right now. Uh, so, yeah, they uh, have now won their third straight, and they defeated Robert Morris 41-10. to last weekend on Military Appreciation Day. And, uh, yeah, three wins in a row, um, 48 points against North Carolina Central, 34 points against Charleston Southern, and now 41 against Robert Morris. So uh, 2-0 in the Big South. The fighting camels are on a roll, man. However, what do they got next, Tom? Bum, bum, bum. They get to play Deion Sanders-led Jackson State. So at Jackson. At Jackson State. Yep. A number six rank. Looks like Jackson State ranked sixth in the FCS. Right. So Campbell, it was fun. It was real fun. Now the good <laughs> news for Jackson State or for uh, Campbell is Jackson State is not in the Big South. So right. if you're holding on to the conference, 
Look, uh, they are are two and zero. They've got, I guess, only three more Big South games. So we only play five conference games here in the oh, Big wow. South. Question mark. I'm going to have to do some more research next time on the uh, on the conference. But yeah, you you beat Robert Morris and Charleston Southern who are in the conference. A little later on, you've got North Carolina A and T, Bryant, and Gardner Webb that are in the Big South. Uh, but Campbell up to four and three on the season. Wins against the Citadel, North Carolina Central, Charleston Southern, Robert Morris. Losses to ranked William & Mary, East Carolina, who's decidedly in a class up. And uh, actually another 4-2, and two, not 4-3, and three, I'm sorry. 4-2 and two on the season. So just those losses to a ranked FCS opponent in East Carolina. So the Campbell Camels on this hump date update. Of course, Wednesday being hump day. Uh, Camels fighting on, carrying the water. Yep. Or carry, what do they carry again? It's not... It is water, right? And their humps? What do they carry? Uh, fat. Just fat? Okay. It's not water. No, no water? Okay. No. Haj Malik Williams for the uh, Fighting Camels, 26 of 35, 249 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, yeah, did a lot through the air. A lot of rushers, uh, uh, 54, 39, 33, and 29-yard rushing, uh, rushing yards there. But Haj Malik Williams, a big day, 249 yards and three touchdowns. So, yeah, fighting camels, three-game win streak, but then we'll see what happens is October the 22nd. They get to face off against Deion Sanders and Jackson State. Will you base your opinion on Deion Sanders' head coaching candidacy at Auburn based off his performance against the Campbell Camels? I <laughs> I am judging his candidacy, candidacy more off of that 60 Minutes interview than anything. Gotcha. Okay. That was a good interview. I missed that. I did hear people talking about that though. He, I, 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 the big quote I think I heard was just that he would of course be crazy not to entertain yeah. Power Five. He's uh, he's the sixty minutes interview, but then also the videos I've seen on on YouTube and all of his locker room speeches and just uh, the expectations that he has for his players, the rules that he has in place, and and the different expectations. I mean it. Uh, do it, Auburn. Okay, Do it. you're you're on that ba- you're on that bandwagon. committed. I have been on the Deion Sanders bandwagon before anybody was even talking yeah, Tom, about it. Tom has been been on this. I still. I, mean, I, I knew I, you mentioned it. I just didn't know. I didn't know if that was you saying, "Hey, I, in my opinion, this could happen." No, he's or, committed. In my opinion, I, I want this to happen. I want, you want no, I full on want that to happen. Um, Who's your number two? Then do you do you have number two, or are you just going to be disappointed with anything other than Deion? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, All right. I but I but I think if you're if you're looking at a splash, that would be pulling Lane Kiffin away from Ole Miss. Uh, that's any, that's who I want to see. Right. Anything less than those two, I, I I'm not a I'm just not a fan of Hugh Freeze, and he's the big name out there. I'm just not a fan of his. I don't know that he can do what he did at Ole Miss on the recruiting level. I don't know if he can do that here without cheating. Without cheating, <laughs> even though the NIL is there, I just no, I don't see that. And and then the, you know the other name keeps getting thrown out is Jeff Grimes, and it's like okay, that's Kendall never done it for me. Bryles yeah. as well. I have never heard Kendall Bryles' name come up other than offensive coordinator for somebody. But uh, someone someone's brought it up and as why as why he was not being mentioned. And so I said, well, all, I I I said. If you're mentioning Jeff Grimes, I don't know why that's a whole lot bet, whole lot different than Kendall Bryles. Other right. than Jeff Grimes is just older, 
I mean, I don't, I don't, well, I don't I, know if, if how know, different that really is. Jump, jumping back on my Deion Sanders soapbox and the reason he is such a favorite for me. And now, really, if you go through and look at message boards and talk to fans, he has kind of become that number one guy for the fan base for the most part. Um, I, I just feel like that if you make a move, obviously Auburn still has a head coach. So <laughs> Brian Harson right now is still the head coach. Right. If Auburn makes a move, you you have a fan base that is in the doldrums. You've got a program that's in the doldrums. You've got a roster that is skin and bones bare because the recruiting from Malzahn up till now is not there. And, you're, and then you're striking out in the transfer portal. Uh, it, it, needs, it needs a shot of adrenaline. And if there's one guy out there that I think could give that shot of adrenaline, it would be Deion Sanders. Um, just from the immediate excitement, the immediate uh, press, the the good positive press that that would be out there, Auburn would be can't miss TV every time they're on because everybody's going to want to see what's going to happen there. That's true. Um, you know they would be the darlings of the national media hiring him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, could you imagine? Could, just, black head coach. Just imagine for and first black head coach in, yeah. at Auburn. Um, I mean, they, there's, they, there's a lot of boxes. They, they break. They break down so many <laughs> barriers and check off so many positive boxes, which is why and, and, Auburn would never. And and you have to imagine on the recruiting aspect, he could go sit down in in the living room of any kid that he wants. He would he would frighten Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. I, I'm convinced he would frighten them to death because he's Deion Sanders. And so he can do that. He's prime time, he's, baby. He's prime time. Um, now, whether the wins and losses come with it, don't know. But but you have to imagine he's going to be able to recruit. He, I mean, goodness gracious, he convinced the number one player in the country to go to Jackson State. You feel me? So, yeah, the no, recruiting can, would be there, no doubt. You, the recruiting would be there, and I think the transfer portal will be there. That was the biggest thing is if you want to jumpstart this thing quick, you got to do like Tennessee and some of these other get the transfer portal going. But again. You have a college kid out there, and you're looking across like, man, not only do I get to go and play in the SEC at Auburn, but Deion Sanders, the head coach, let's go. The other thing, keeping an eye on there, here's we go to our final break of the show, got to keep an eye on what Florida State is doing because yeah. of yeah. Mike Norvell. And if that job comes open, I know oh, which one yeah, that Deion Sanders pick. prefers. Yeah, he's sure. going to pick. Florida State hosts Georgia Tech, who's actually been better since firing their coach. Uh, Florida State then goes to Miami. It's another 50-51. Florida State goes to Syracuse, power, noted powerhouse, host Louisiana, and then go or host Florida. So they've got a lot of 50-50 matchups that could determine the fate of Mike Norvell and then therefore could determine the fate of what job is beholden in the eye, eyes of Deion Sanders. Well, let's take our final break of the show today, the Nightly TV Guide coming up next. Follow us on Twitters. Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
Final couple minutes of sports call here today on this Wednesday afternoon. We've been monitoring that Padres and Phillies game, and boy, that was that's been uh, changing a little bit. It was four nothing Phillies in the second. It is now six to four Padres. Seven. Seven to four Padres yeah. in the fifth inning, as uh, San Diego has knocked a couple Phillies pitchers out of the game. You hate to see that. Anyway, um, hey, love. more <laughs> more baseball on tap tonight, as we're going to get to in just a moment. Because now it's time for something we do each and every day. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Sports Call's nightly TV guide brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Women's College Volleyball tonight, number 10 Minnesota at Iowa, 6 o'clock on ESPNU. College football, Georgia State at Appalachian State, 6.30. Remember when Appalachian State was good? Uh, That one at 6.30 on ESPN2. Philadelphia Flyers, Florida Panthers, 6.30 on TNT. Game one of the American League Championship Series, Houston Astros, and the New York Yankees, 6.30 on TBS. And also a couple of movies for you. You've got Bruce Almighty at 6.16. Good movie. And you've got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 6.15 on Stars. Both good movies. Both highly recommend. And that is your nightly TV guide, abbreviated nightly TV guide, brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Fun show today. We talked a little bit. About everything it felt like, yeah, we did. Uh, and that's that's what you do on Auburn bye week. You hit on all the topics, Auburn included, yeah. uh, for sure. And uh, that will wrap up the show today. Tom, appreciate you being here. Hope you have a great week, sir. Absolutely. Like I mentioned uh, before, uh, this weekend, this Saturday, downtown Lochapoca Serps up. So come out and support the Lee County community and the town of Lochapoca. And Cam, appreciate you being here. Hope you have a great day. Enjoy your Hawks tonight. Oh yeah, go Hawks, baby! And uh, we of course appreciate all those who tuned in and called in today as well. For Tom Peavy and Canberry, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Hope you have a great Wednesday evening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.